Welcome to the Professional Writer Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Christensen. I'm here to help you confidently plan, launch, and grow your writing-related business. You'll find the show notes for today's episode at bloggingbistro.com. I'm pleased today to welcome Diane Andre to the podcast. Diane and I are going to be talking about planning your ebook launch, which is something I'm really excited about. Welcome, Diane. I really look forward to learning some things from you today. Thank you, Laura. I'm very excited to be here. When you live on 20 acres with your husband and your dog and a horse and some cats and chickens and a lot of trees. Do you have a particular type of animal on your 20 acres that is like a favorite animal? Well, I did the chickens for years. When my husband retired, I decided I didn't want to do it anymore, so he took it over. Chickens are so easy, and so they're my favorite as far as taking care of farm animals. He has cattle certain times of the year, beef cattle. I don't like that. (laughs) I have to help sometimes, and it's hard because I have to manage the gate and the pen that they're in while he gives them shots, and they don't like it, and they fight us, and I would like him to retire that project. (laughs) (laughs) You are a multi-talented person because your website says that you are both an author and a photographer. So I want to talk about both of those things. We're obviously going to be emphasizing the writing part of what you do today during our conversation. But for the photography, is that a business for you or is that a hobby? I kind of say it's both. I would do it whether I was selling my photography or not. I just I just love doing it. It relaxes me. I get stressed out. That's one thing I can do, go outside and do. That's what how the 20 acres also comes into play. There is a lot to photograph. Oh, yeah. It's just something I really enjoy. I love that. I enjoy photography a lot too. And I'm kind of an amateur photographer. Uh, at least I was up until my camera got stolen a few years ago. Oh, no, <laughs> It was actually during a book launch party. So this is quite appropriate for the topic we're talking about today. I was having a book launch reception at a church I attended at the time. And it was an inner city church parked our car in the church parking lot. We're bringing stuff in, you know, party supplies and food and everything back and forth from the car into the church, came out to the car to get the rest of the stuff for the party. And the window had been smashed and the camera that had been sitting on the seat was gone. And I never got around to replacing it with another nice SLR camera. So I just use my cell phone now. (laughs) But cell phones are pretty good. Boy, the cameras on smartphones are way better than what we used to have on the old big clunky digital cameras. Yes, there's some beautiful photographs out there from smartphones. I just use an old, I have an old Sony point and shoot camera. The pictures that you take, do you use them on your website? Do you use them on your social media channels? I mean, are you taking advantage of your photography skills and using those photos or selling them to people? Yes, I use them on my website, but mostly on social media, mostly Facebook. 99% of my posts, if there's a photo, it's my image. And it eliminates the risk of using someone else's photo and binging on copyright and you don't even know it. 
Yeah, you have to be really careful about that. I've had a couple of episodes on this particular topic of copyright already because I'm such a big proponent of not breaking copyright laws. And I see a lot of people who think that if they do a Google image search, they can just use whatever picture they find through that image search on their website, their book cover, their social media channels. And that is definitely not the case because probably 99% of those pictures are protected by copyright. I like what you're doing, Diane. You are doing it the safe way. So either take the pictures yourself or purchase or download pictures from a royalty-free stock photo house, making sure that you read the licensing terms very carefully before you download or use anything that you get online. Today, we're going to be talking about planning an ebook launch. You recently had a book launch called Kiss Under the Lemon Trees. Tell us a little bit about the book. What's the topic of the book? I'm guessing it's a novel. It's a sweet romance. It is written from a man's perspective, an elderly man who is remembering his youth when he fell in love. And of course, there are problems. The gal he fell in love with has family secrets that she doesn't even know about. There are problems with that, and it causes a breakup. There's also some little bit of messages in there questions that he has about God and death, and he has experienced some death, she has experienced some losses, but it has a joyful ending. <laughs> it's a sweet romance. That's you good. have to have a joyful ending. In the Professional Writer Podcast Facebook community, Diane is going to be doing a giveaway contest, and you're going to be giving away a Kindle copy of Kiss Under the Lemon Tree. So we're doing that this week exclusively as a little nice little bonus for members of the Professional Writer Podcast community. So if you're not already in that group, go over to bloggingbistro.com where you'll find the show notes for today's episode. And there is going to be a link in the show notes for you to join the Facebook community. And you can go there and enter Diane's giveaway contest for a copy of that sweet romance. One of the things I'm interested in learning about you, Diane, because this podcast does focus on people who have writing-related businesses, is what got you started in the writing business? How long have you been doing this? Well, it started out as a hobby. I was working for a nonprofit organization and there were layoffs. So work was distributed among the, those that were left there. I had to proofread board and minutes and agendas and draft letters. I had no idea how to do any of that. But we had a coworker who was an excellent proofreader. She was writing a book. So I just kind of soaked up everything I could from her. I loved it so much that I took an evening creative writing class. I had no idea what I was getting into, what I was doing. <laughs> but I just kept writing um, essays after the class ended, and it just grew from there. And I started writing biographies for some family members and friends of, like, uh, a grandparents. I wrote kind of their life story for them. And I was so taken by people's response when I first approached them, their response was, oh, I'm no one special. I've never done anything. And then when they mm -hmm. saw the book, they were like so happy and suddenly realized that, oh, I did do something, that I did matter. That just touched my heart so much I knew I wanted to be a writer. So eventually I quit my job. I went to college, got a journalism or a communications degree, and it just kind of snowballed from there. 
I stuck with nonfiction. I sold a few articles in magazines. Then a friend invited me to a fiction workshop that was once a week, that was for a year. I went, I think, once or twice, and then for health reasons, I couldn't go. I just decided one day I could do the assignment. It was to write three pages, and that would be your first chapter. Mm-hmm. So I did it, and it became my first book. Oh, that's incredible. It was a lot of work. It's always a lot of work, but it was exciting, and it just has grown from there. I love what you were saying, though, how you went from doing some work and then you had layoffs at work. So you took on additional writing related responsibilities like proofreading and editing things that I don't know if you considered those fun and life giving. Some people do. Some people really like doing those sorts of things. I happen to be one of them. But other people are like, yeah, I think I'd rather write a novel or I'd rather write articles. And then you moved into writing essays and articles. And I love what you said about you were writing people's memoirs or personal stories or or autobiographies or biographies. And they felt like they hadn't made much of an impact in the world. And then they saw your words that you had written on their behalf. And they're like, whoa, I actually did make a difference. That is so cool. And then the fact that you took strategic steps to educate yourself in the art of writing. You said you took the fiction workshop. The night class. That was for a year. It was locally, but I only got to go to two classes. Oh, okay. And, uh, but well, you did it on your own. You yes, took yes. Action. A friend talked me into it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to go well, because I didn't write fiction, and I didn't think I had the imagination or the skills to do that. So, what was it about going those two times? Did that spark something in your brain, and you're like, "Yeah, I can do this"? Or what happened there that, well, that caused you to make that shift? At that time, I had dial-up. That was the only internet service available where I live. Well, I had a gardening website, and it became so difficult to even get onto my website that I just quit doing it. When you're writing and you love doing that, you start having withdrawals when you can't write. (laughs) Yes. I just got frustrated, and I thought, well, if I can't do that, if I can't go online, maybe I could write fiction. Maybe I can do that assignment. And something just kind of, a story started coming in my mind, and I said, I can do three pages. And one thing led to another, and three pages became an entire book. And you've actually written three books, right? Are all of them novels? No, the three three are novellas. That's like a short novel, right? Right. Did you go the traditional publishing route or the independent aka indie or self-publishing route. People define those terms in different ways, so I'll let you define it however you want. But which route did you pursue toward publication of Kiss Under the Lemon Tree, which is your most recent book? Indie. All of my books are indie. I went that route because I like the 70% versus the 30% for traditional. <laughs> and Who doesn't? I, yeah, and I have to control the deadlines. I, I know when we go traditional... You have to meet those deadlines, and sometimes they are so, so tight. You're up all night for a week, and I knew I, my body couldn't do that. So I went with what I could do, what I could handle, and I like the 70%. <laughs> That's a really good suggestion is do what works for you. Do what your body and your mind can handle, because that's different for each one of us. Yes, everyone's at a different, they work at different speeds. We learn differently. If you don't know how you learn or what speed you work at, you will with writing. Yes. (laughs) With launching a book. (laughs) 
I think the key is you have to keep at it. You can't do it a little bit here and then wait a year. I mean, some people do. Life does get in the way and things happen that prevent you from writing on a disciplined schedule sometimes. But if you can develop that discipline, that's certainly going to help you over the long haul. And it sounds as if with your most recent book launch is that you have done just that. You have tried some things as an independently published author that have been first time things you've ever done during a book launch. You're going to share three tips with us about things that you have done for this particular book launch that have been working well for you. So we'll give our listeners who are also planning their own book launches some ideas of some things that they can do. What's the first thing, Diane, that you did for this particular book launch that was a first for you? Started a secret Facebook street team, not a private one, but a secret run. And the difference is no one can see that group on Facebook. And that way we aren't bothered by people asking to join. Just to clarify the difference between, there are three types of Facebook groups for those that are new to that. There are the public groups that anyone can see and join. There are the private groups where they actually do include the name of the group in the index and people can then find the group, search for the group, and they can ask to join it. What you're talking about is a secret group where you have to get an invitation directly from the administrator, or I think it might also apply to somebody who's a member of the group depends on how you have it set up. And that's the type of group you did. So you did a group that cannot be searched for on Facebook. You set up a secret Facebook street team group. So how did that work, Diane? Well, I did about six months before I launched the book. First, I sent emails to people I thought might be interested, and then they can decide. And then you can send them an invite if they say yes. The purpose of it is to help brainstorm your blurb, even your title, I needed help with my title because it turned out someone else had the, my original title already published. The greatest thing that turned out for me, well, also I should back up beta readers. It's a very good place to get beta readers. And you want to be careful who you get, you know, because you're, you're sending your work out there before it's launched, which is another reason why you want it to be a secret group. Define what you mean by beta reader for people that are not familiar with that term. People who were willing to read your book to give insight of maybe a typo or this doesn't work for me, it doesn't sound real, something's missing here. They're not editing it. They're just being a reader and giving their opinions about things that stop them from reading. That would be so helpful as an author to have a group of beta readers who just honestly share their opinion about certain parts of the book from the perspective of a reader, from the perspective of someone who would buy your book. Did you get some good feedback from them? Yes, I did. I had problems with a scene in my book for research on film development and cameras in the 1950s. Mm. And I looked and looked and looked and looked and could not find anything. I couldn't find a professional that could answer my questions. So I posed the question on my secret team. And one of the gals, her father happened to be a professional photographer. And he helped me. And he also gave me the name of someone else. And I got my answer and was able to fix that scene before it went to the editor. Now, you also provided the team members with a special thank you gift, correct? They did. Tell us about that. They've never read the book or the manuscript. If it were me, I was like, well, what am I supporting? 
So I typed out a, I think it was a 10 page summary of the protagonist, the love interest of the friends that are in the story. And I sent that to them as a thank you. I did graphics and put my pictures in there too. So it was more interesting other than just dry, you know, words on the, on the page. That is point number one of things that you did to prepare for this most recent book launch is you created a secret Facebook group street team. And those people served as beta readers and they helped you with research and they got a gift from you as a thank you for being part of the team. What is the second thing that you did for your book launch? Um, I created a four-day cover page reveal. And I did that on Canva. I used my, well, I uploaded my cover to Canva. Even in the free accounts, they have some animated images that you can use. And I did that. So I a little bit each day, I revealed the cover. And then oh, how fun! Yeah, and, and there was moving parts because it was animated. <laughs> it was really uh-huh. cute. And then the last day is when the pre-order started. You had a four-day cover reveal and you used Canva, and I'll put a link to Canva in the show notes, and you created some animated posts so that you gradually revealed parts of the cover each day leading up to the day when people could begin pre-ordering the book. Then the third thing that you did was Amazon pre-order. Walk us through what you did there. I needed help with that. (laughs) That was the (laughs) first time I had done a pre-order And my critique partner just sat with me and walked me through the whole process. Pre-order starts a few hours after you've clicked submit. So it doesn't start immediately. So you kind of have to plan for that. But it's not real clear to the authors when that's going to start. You set up a date when the pre-orders were going to be starting. And you offered a discount on the book for several days? Yes, I did it for a week. I offered it for 99 cents. That seems to be the general consensus with most authors for pre-orders. And then I changed the price back after the pre-order had ended. How did you go about promoting this discount? Well, I posted it on Facebook, of course. Mm-hmm. I belong to a lot of readers group, Facebook read- for readers. And I posted on all of those. My secret team posted on their pages. Mm-hmm. And I posted on Twitter, I also created a Pinterest storyboard for the book. I've chose pictures from Pinterest that elements that are in the story. And I did a Facebook party. That was fun. It was my first one. It was three days. There were over 30 authors. I saw another one that I was able to watch and get an idea how to do it. And each author had an hour at this particular party. We pre-designed your posts and questions to the audience. And every 10 minutes that post would come up, you would schedule it ahead of time. And it was a lot of fun. It kept you hopping. I'll bet. So you said there were more than 30 authors as part of this Facebook party. Was this on your own Facebook page or somebody else's page or in a group? How was that set up? No, this was in um, another Facebook group. It inspires readers and authors or inspirational readers and authors is what it's called. So a group for inspirational readers and authors. It's a really fun group. And then there was another one after that that was a small one. It was only three hours. And that one was historical Victorian era books. So my genre was different. There was a couple other ones in there that were different. 
but it still turned out lovely. I got some followers from both groups, from both parties, and they have stuck with me. A lot oh, of excellent. Times, yeah, a lot of times when you give out a free book, they'll follow you and to get the try and get the freebie and then they mm-hmm. you lose them. But they have stuck with me, so I'm really happy with that. Well, thanks so much, Diane, for sharing about these book launch firsts. And I'm sure that's going to inspire other listeners who are planning maybe their first book launch or they're publishing independently or self-publishing and are looking for some great ideas and just some practical ways that they can go about planning their own launch. If listeners want to learn more about you and your books, Diane, where would we go? You can go to my website, Diane, D-I-A-N-N-E. Marie Andre, A N D R E dot com. Wonderful. And I will put a link to Diane's website in the show notes at bloggingbistro.com. Diane is an active member of the Professional Writer Podcast community. That's our Facebook group, a private Facebook group, not a secret group. And we're here to support and encourage and challenge and learn from one another. Diane is also doing a book giveaway this week, a book giveaway contest within the group. So, Head on over to bloggingbistro.com, look for the show notes for this episode, and join the Facebook group, and you can meet Diane up close and in person in the group. And also in the show notes, there's a link where you can click to subscribe to the podcast, and I'll email you a notification for every new episode. And you can also listen via your favorite podcasting app, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Just open whatever app you use to listen to podcasts and key in the professional writer. The show will pop up and you can save it to your favorite so you don't miss an episode. Thank you so much, Diane, for joining us today. It was a pleasure having you on the Professional Writer Podcast. Thank you, Laura. I learned a lot. (laughs) That's what it's all about. And thank you for listening, everyone. And I'll be back with you again next week.